Cystatin C as a biomarker of chronic kidney disease, latest development. An article by Stephanie Benoit, Aileen Chicha, Prasad Devarjan from Cincinnati Children's Hospital Medical Center, University of Cincinnati College of Medicine and Washington University School of Medicine, USA. Expert Review of Molecular Diagnostics, 2020 Abstract Introduction Chronic kidney disease, CKD, is common, occurring in over 10% of individuals globally and is increasing in prevalence. The limitations of traditional biomarkers of renal dysfunction, such as serum creatinine, have been well demonstrated in the literature. Therefore, augmenting clinical assessments with newer biomarkers, such as serum cysteine C, has the potential to improve disease monitoring in patient care. Areas covered. The present paper assesses the utility and limitations of serum cysteine C as a biomarker for CKD in light of the current literature. Expert opinion. Serum cysteine C has been well established as an early and accurate biomarker of CKD that is particularly helpful in patients for whom creatinine is an inadequate marker or for whom more cumbersome methods of glomerular filtration rate GFR measurement are impractical. Current research questions are no longer focused on if but rather when and how often cysteine C should be used in the evaluation of CKD patients. However, transition of all reagents and estimated GFR equations to the newly established international standard is critical for developing generalizable data. Introduction Chronic kidney disease, CKD, is common and increasing worldwide, particularly in the setting of increasing obesity, diabetes mellitus, and hypertension. In a recent systemic review and meta-analysis, the prevalence was found to be consistent 11-13% globally, with higher rates in women than men and in high-income countries compared in low-income countries. In the United States, although CKD prevalence in the past 20 years has stabilized at about 15% of the overall adult population, the number of young individuals living with CKD is still increasing. Unfortunately, patient awareness of impaired renal function is shrinkingly low, even among those patients with advanced stage 4 CKD. Early diagnosis and treatment are significant in reducing the known morbidity and mortality associated with chronic kidney disease. Thus, it is important that the field continue to optimize methods to accurately diagnose patients with impaired renal function. The most commonly used method of estimating glomerular filtration rate GFR is measurement of serum creatinine. Creatinine is a breakdown product of creatine phosphate in skeletal muscle and is derived from patients' native muscle metabolism as well as consumption of dietary creatine, for example meat and creatine supplements, while it is freely filtered by the renal glomeruli. With no reabsorption of renal metabolism, it is actively secreted by the proximal tubule. Due to the substantial amount of urinary creatinine, Derived from tubular secretion, GFR calculated by 24 creatinine clearance can exceed the measured 
GFR by the gold standard inulin clearance by 10 to 14%. In addition, given the endogenous source of creatinine in skeletal muscle, there are a variety of demographic factors that affect serum creatinine, including age, gender, and race ethnicity. Multiple GFR estimating equations have been developed in an attempt to account for these variations. The equations recommended in 2012 by Kidney Disease Outcomes Quality Initiative are the Chronic Kidney Disease Epidemiology Collaboration CKD-EPI equation for adults and the updated bedside Schwartz equation for children. However, only approximately 85% and 79% of estimated GFRs using these two equations, respectively, are within 30% of simultaneously accurately measured GFR values. Cysteine C, a 13-kilodalton cysteine proteinase inhibitor protein, is produced by all nucleated cells at a steady rate and is freely filtered by the kidney with near-complete reabsorption and catabolism in the proximal tubule and no significant urinary excretion. Thus, serum cysteine C levels are much less affected by such patient characteristics such as gender, age, body size and composition, and nutritional status. It was first proposed as a glomerular filtration biomarker in 1985 and its clinical utility in comparison to creatinine has been argued and vetted now for not then 30 years. In this review, we will address the most recent developments in the clinical application of serum cysteine C measurements and assess its value as a biomarker in CKD patients. International standardization of reagent. There were considerable differences between the multiple cysteine C reagents and assays that have been developed over time. As a result, the numerous cysteine C estimated GFR, eGFI equations with different power functions to account for the variation in concentration measured. Potter and others demonstrated that these equations have more or less the same mathematical form and eGFR equal 79.7 cysteine C to the power of minus 1.12 explains 96% of the variation in predicted eGFR of these equations. The lack of uniformity made it difficult to reproduce or share data across institutions. In June 2010, the International Federation of Clinical Chemistry, IFCC, and the Laboratory Medicine Working Group on Standardization of Cysteine C released an international certified Cysteine C reference material. The reference material was made available to clinical laboratories in late 2010, and the College of American Pathologists launched a Cysteine C Surveillance Survey CYCS survey in 2011. Despite availability of the international standard, the 2014 CYS survey of 141 laboratories showed substantial method-based bias between different manufacturers. For example, the cysteine C values in milligram to liter for the normal sample was 0.780 for Siemens, 0.870 for Gentian, 0.967 for Roche, 
1.061 for this my and 0 0.970 for other non-specified regions. The mean 16C values reported for the chronic kidney disease sample was 2.052 for Siemens, 2.312 for Gentian, 2.247 for Roche, 2.909 for the Azime, and 2.413 for other non-specified regions gazed illustrating the wide viability. A separate study conducted between seven clinical laboratories located in France and Belgium in 2015 showed persistence of unacceptably high biases in seven of the eight automated assay tested. Thus, further work still needs to be done to improve manufacturers' calibration traceability to the ERM DA471 IFCC reference material in order to minimize manufacturer-to-manufacturer manufacturer error. Quantification and minimization of error from variation in the process of calibration, such as use of a one-point calibration procedure, which can be subject to the bias and drift of a single reference point, will also be required before sustained C can be fully actualized as a clinical biomarker. Longitudinal calibrations. Beyond standardizing the results between different clinical labs and the same manufacturers, there were also issues with calibrating results from the same manufacturer across time. There was a downward drift in Siemens particle enhanced nephrometric immunosay PENIA results over time. In 2011, Larson orders reported an unexpected improvement in PENIA derived cysteine C concentrations within a longitudinal code, which prompted the group to reanalyze the cysteine C levels of banked serum spacements using Gentian's particle-enhanced tuberidimetric immunosay, PTA. While the methods were found to have good correlation in the 2005 and 2006 samples, samples from 2008 through 2012 showed a 15 decrease percent decrease in the results obtained with the Siemens method. This drift was clinically significant as a cysteine C concentration corresponding to a GFR of 60 ml per minute per 1.73 m2 in 2005 increased to approximately 80 ml per minute 1.73 m2 in 2010. This drift was recognized by other laboratories as well. It was not until early 2018 that Simmons announced it was going to discontinue the non-standardized cysteine C reagent kits and replace them with IFCC calibrated kits in the United States market. The company reported that the calibrated values would be 17.4% higher than the pre-IFC values. This change was particularly important for the results of landmark longitudinal CKD studies such as the chronic kidney disease in children study, which was collected over 3,000 cysteine C values across the time period of change. Schwartz and others found that the cysteine C values of previously measured IFCC standards were consistently 17% higher with the new IFCC calibrated reagent. Thus, they suggest it is possible to convert 
pre-IFCC 16C values to the new IFCC calibrated values by multiplying the concentration by 1.17. We use the Siemens PNSA in our hospital and with change to the new IFC calibrated reference material, we conducted our own quality improvement work to assess the mean change in 16C value between two reagents in our lab and to determine which GFR estimation equation would produce the most accurate eGFR. Using a reagent from the non-standardized and IFCC standardized kits, we measured the 16C in 105 consecutive patients at the time of a measured GFR by nuclear medicine, DTPA. We found that the standardized assay resulted in a mean increase in the serum 16C value of 24%, with a more pronounced increase at higher measured GFRs. This again demonstrates the need for further standardization across manufacturers and clinical laboratories. Universal C EGFR equation. A final opportunity presented by the introduction of an international standard was the ability to create a new universal GFR estimation equation. New CKD EPI equation for C alone and combined with creatinine were the first to be published in 2012. The 2012 CKD EPI C equation showed comparable performance to the 2009 equation, while it's no longer required to raise coefficient and the age and sex coefficients were smaller. They found that combining creatinine and cysteine C resulted in the best GFR estimation, and the 2012 CKD EPI equations swiftly became the preferred method for estimating GFR in the adult population. It was notable the CKD EPI equation was developed in a population of Caucasians and African Americans with a mean age of 47. In 2014, Grubber and others published a novel GFI estimation equation developed using Caucasian, Asian, pediatric, and adult cohorts. In addition to introducing diversity of race and age and using the new IFCC calibrated reference material, they developed calibration equations to account for the differences between the sales of the different manufacturers. The resulting CAPA equation had similar bias, precision and accuracy when compared to the CKD-EPI equation, but with the advance of requiring only consistency and age as variables. The percent of estimated GFR results within 30% of measured GFR for both equations across all ages and demographics was consistently greater than 70%, although they both performed least well in children and older adults. The third and most recent set of equations to be developed since the IFCC calibrated standard became available in the full age spectrum FAS equations published 2017 by Puttel and others. These equations were developed using the assumptions that the average GFR of children, adolescents and young adults is 107.3 ml minimum 1.73 m square. Age-related GFR decline begins at 40 years of age and that the deviation in a patient's creatinine 
and or sustained sea from the age-specific population norm can then be used to calculate the estimated GFR. While creatinine requires multiple normalization factors for different ages due to changes in muscle mass over time, the value of 0.82 mg liter was determined to be the sustained sea normalization factor for children, adolescents and adults up to 70 years of age. 0.95 mg liter was the mode of distribution for sustained sea in healthy adults greater than 70 years of age and thus was selected as the normalization factor for the age group. In general, the first sustained sea based equations performed as well as or better than the CKD-EPI and CAPA equations. Although they were designed to encompass all age ranges, an important shortfall of both the CAPA and FAST equations in, is in children with CKD. The Schwartz Sistine C equation published in 2012 was developed in the CKID cohort which is made up of children between 1 and 16 years of age with EGFRs of 30 to 90 milliliter minutes 1.73 m square using Siemens non-calibrated reagents. As a result, the Schwartz equations has an excellent P30 specifically for children with MGFR less than 60 ml minutes 1.73 Met square of 91% in the original study, 86% of the first development paper, and 98% in the 2019 paper by Salvador and others, comparing EGFR equations in epigenetic CKD cohort. In stark contrast, the P30 in children with CKD for the CAPH16C equation in the FAS and Salvador papers were 66.7% and 46% respectively. For the fast sustainability equation, the P30 were 68.4% and 46% respectively. Since the fast sustainability equation does not require additional variables such as height or to make reporting of EGFR of four pediatric patients with EGFR less than 60 ml minutes 1.73 m square using the equation may be feasible. The clinical value and utility of this strategy could, would need to be carefully weighted against the complication of a multi-equation system and what transition from child to adult equations would look like. Sustained C for estimation of GFR and CKD once an accurate value for serum sustainability is obtained, the next questions are when and how to use them. The most basic application of sustainability is for GFR estimation. The 2012 Kidney Disease Improving Global Outcomes suggested measuring sustainability in adults with a creatinine EGFR between 45 and 60 ml min 1.73 m square. But who lack are the markers of kidney damage in order to confirm the diagnosis of CKD. Recent publication examining the practical application of this recommendation have examined whether this has added to diagnostic accuracy. In addition, because sustainability is more expensive to run than creatinine, with the reagent costing approximately 10 times as much, 
the implications for public health expenditure have also been examined. The renal risk in Derby study looked for a change in CKD classification with sustained measurement for 1.741 older adult primary care patients with a mean age of 73 years who had either CKD G3A or G3B defined by two EGFR values within 90 days apart. They used the CKD EPI sustained C and combined equations to calculate EGFR. They found use of sustained C to confirm diagnosis resulted in 7.7% of patients being reclassified as not having CKD, while 59% were reclassified as having more advanced CKD. Using the combined equation, 5.5% and 42.9% of patients were reclassified as not having CKD and having more advanced CKD respectively. The additional testing in all CKD 3AA1 patients in England would increase the cost of monitoring CKD patients by £31 million per year. A prior meta-analysis had produced the post results with a larger proportion of CKD G3A patients being reclassified to no CKD than to more advanced CKD. Notably, the mean age of patients was 55 to 60 years significantly younger. Variability in sustainability with age was also noted in the Irish Longitudinal Study of Aging. Using a cross-sectional analysis of 5,386 participants, they found the sustainability rose sharply after the age of 65 years, such that the probability a patient would be reclassified as having more advanced CKD increased from 15% at age 50 years to 80% at age 80 years. This study raised the question of whether there are age-related determinants that confound its role as a filtration marker. The addition of sustained C to creatinine was shown to improve the accuracy of GFR estimation patients over 70 years of age, although conflicting results were found in patients over 80 years old. While the general application of sustained C to CKD screening requires more study, there are subsets of patients for whom sustained C has been shown to be a superior biomarker and it should be utilized to accurately assess GFR. These include patients with abnormal creatinine excretion, including sickle cell disease, and patients with low muscle mass, including Duchenne muscular dystrophy, spina bifida, and perhaps preterm infants, congenital heart patients, and those undergoing chemotherapy. Still imperfect at best. While we have continued to strive toward an accurate and precise endogenous biomarker of GFR, the reality is that our biomarkers and equations remain imperfect. Using data from 882 adult patients who had a measured GFR, Lewis Lim and others evaluated the reliability of their simultaneously obtained creatinine and sustained values in the correct classification of the CDK. They used the IFCC calibrated reagent for sustained measurements. The mean age of the patients was 57.4 years. 
they found that error in classification of CDK by EGFR was very common, occurring about 50% of the time using creatinine-based formulas and 30% of the time using sustain-C-based formulas. Combined formulas did not perform better than sustain-C-only equations. They also found that some sustain-C-based formulas developed prior to reagent standardization performed as well as the new equations discussed earlier. Even more basic to our question of how to determine the GFR is a new realization from a paper by Rowe and others examining the variation of measured GFR in 20 adult patients with moderate CKD, measuring cell clearance, creatinine and cystine weekly for four consecutive weeks they found that within subject biological variation of the measured GFR was 6.7%, which was higher than that of any of the estimated GFRs, which ranged from 5 to 5.3%. Using this data, they could then derive reference change values, which had been calculated EGFRs, at which there is a 95% probability that the GFR actually changed from baseline. The positive and negative RCVs for estimated GFRs from the MDRT equation were 15.1% and 13.1% respectively. Thus, if a baseline MDRD GFR was 59 ml 1.73 m square, a second increase or decrease would be values of more than 68 or less than 51 ml min 1.73 meter square, respectively. New methods on the horizons. Due to the known and unknown confounders of both creatinine and cysteine C in determining the GFR, there are efforts to identify other biomarkers of GFR. Fried and others recently developed a liquid chromatography, tandem mass spectrometry, test that quantitatively measures four serum metabolites and acetyl theoranine, pseudouridine, phenylacetylglutamine, and tryptophan. They developed an equation based on these four metabolites that is independent of creatinine, cysteine C, and demographic factors. When combined with creatinine and cysteine C, their equation was more accurate than any other current approach. Other researchers are moving away from endogenous biomarker altogether. Fluorescent molecules have been developed that act as ideal filtration markers. Rather than depending on a steady-state concentration, the plasma disappearance rate of these exogenous markers can be measured using transdermal sensors. This technique would permit continuous monitoring of GFR, thus it is being called the real-time GFR. In 2018, the Medibacon Inc. Transdermal GFR Measurement System, TGFR, was granted breakthrough device designation, which expedites FDA review. While currently available for preclinical research, the device is not yet cleared for use in humans. Sustained C for risk prediction CKD. Over the past 15 years, it has been well established that sustained C is an independent predictor of morbidity 
and mortality in a variety of populations. It has been associated with progression to end-stage renal disease and mortality in patients with diabetes, acute kidney injury, and on dialysis. It can detect renal dysfunction and predict mortality in liver patients, including those with liver cessories, acute on chronic liver failure, and liver transplant response. Cystine C has also been associated with mortality in patients with COPD, stroke, and HIV. The largest body of work, however, has been examining the association between cystine C and cardiovascular disease. Rising cystine C values are associated with the development and progression of cardiovascular disease, CVD, independent of renal function and other cardiovascular risk factors. Cystine C has also been found to hold prognostic value for procedure-related outcomes, critical illnesses, and CVD and all-cause mortality in both CVD patients and the general population. There's physiologic plausibility of this relationship as cystine C is an inhibitor of cystine proteases and has been found to be directly involved in the atherosclerotic process. Whether the relationship between cystine C and CVD is truly casual or is a consequence of confounding or reverse casualty is hard to determine. In effort to tease out the relationship between cystine C and CVD, researchers have utilized the epidemiologic technique of Mendelian randomization. This analytical method used known genetic variants to support casual relationships between modifiable risk factors and disease. Using data from 59 studies encompassing over 300,000 people, Van Delaan and others again demonstrated the strong observational associations between circulating concentrations of cystine C and risk of CVD, but also showed that cystine C was associated with many potential confounders. They then applied the genetic variant RS911119 in the gene CST3 to the analysis, which associates with CST3 gene expression and directly encodes cystine C. This genetic variant is ideal in that it has a very strong association with circulating cystine C concentrations and is not associated with potential confounders. In Mendelian randomization analysis, no evidence for a casual association with CVD was identified and thus they could provide no evidence of a casual role for circulating cystine C in the etiology of atherosclerotic vascular disease. Although casuality was not established in this study, cystine C remains a novel biomarker of CVD and mortality in patients with CKD. This was demonstrated in a study of nearly 12,000 patients with CKD identified by creatinine EGFR using the CKD EPI equation, in which the adverse outcomes of mortality CVD heart failure and kidney failure were limited to the patient who also had CKD by cystine C as well. It is well known that there must be more than 50% reduction in GFR before the EGFR becomes abnormal by creatinine, thus waiting when a significant change in creatinine prior to use of cystine C may lead to missed opportunities. 
Finally, cysteine has emerged as an interesting marker of early hypertensive nephropathy. In pregnant women with normal creatinine EGFR, levit cysteine at the end of the first trimester is associated with development of preeclampsia. Cysteine levels were significantly increased in young, healthy, prehypertensive patients compared to normal tensive patients. Cysteine C was also high in patients with white cold hypertension compared to normotensive counterparts and was positively associated with the left ventricular mass index, indicating it may be a marker of subclinical organ damage. As the 2012 KDIGO recommendations currently stand, these patients would not have sustained C levels measured. Conclusion The creation of a calibrated reagent has opened the door to standardization of sustained C values across clinical laboratories and development of universal GFI estimation equations. Now, 10 years out of IFCC reagent standardization, there is still significant variability in results reported between laboratories. And our best sustained C-based GFR estimates are over 30% of more than 12% of the time. This puts significant limitations on the universality of research data and utility of sustained C as a clinical test. That being said, the list of laboratory and clinical impositions of creatinine, which remains the most common standard for estimation of GFR, is longer. Sustained C has been found to be more accurate than serum creatinine in many different patient populations. It captures earlier, more suitable changes in kidney function, the cost effectiveness and clinical relevance of which has yet to be passed out. Sustainability has been well established as an independent predictor of morbidity, mortality, and progression of ESRD in a variety of populations, which has opened up many veins of research beyond that of accurate GFI estimation. Expert opinion: Sustainability is a useful clinical biomarker with significant potential. The key area for improvement at this time is ensuring manufacturer calibration traceability to the IFCC reference material. Accountability through continued publication of College of American Pathologists surveys could help inform clinical laboratories as to which manufacturer provides high quality calibration. Clinical laboratories should also strive to utilize the highest quality manufacturers and standardize their approach to cysteine C testing across institutions. Consistent measurements across institutions will improve the quality of our data, facilitate multi-center data analysis, and better inform the incorporation of cysteine C into diagnostic criteria and treatment guidelines for CKD. It is worth stating that even in its current state of imperfection, consistency has still been found to provide a more accurate estimate of GFR than creatinine in certain patient populations. In these groups of patients, particularly those with abnormal muscle mass or creatinine excretion, such as patients with sickle cell disease, 
Duchenne muscular dystrophy and spina bifida, cystine C should be incorporated into CKD screening now. Assuming calibration traceability improves and laboratory measurements become more uniform over the coming years, the cost and long-term benefits of sustained C monitoring are also worth throughout investigation. The cost-effectiveness of routine testing and clinical utility of reclassifying large swaths of patients into higher stages of CKD has been raised. In case of hypertensive or diabetic nephropathy in which interventions could relate progression, early identification of more mild renal impairment may arguably be of value. Early intervention trials based on cysteine C could inform future course analysis. These analyses should take into account the cost of early intervention, benefits of prevention, of progression to end-stage renal disease, and loss of quiet-adjusted life years. While cysteine C continues to define its place in the clinical estimation of GFR, the future of accurate, easily accessible GFR assessment may very well lie in the discovery of novel endogenous biomarkers of the design of optimal exogenous biomarkers with real-time GFR tracing technologies, as we discussed above. Even with calibration and laboratory technique, at their optimum GFR estimation with sustained C will still fall victim to its non-GFR determinants such as thyroid function and steroid use. What will continue to set cystine C apart from other biomarkers, however, is its independent association with cardiovascular disease, end-stage renal disease and all-cause mortality. Although no causal relationship has been established, these relationships offer exciting avenues of research to understand common pathways of morbidity and mortality in cardiovascular and renal disease. And unlike serum creatinine, this prognostic value will preserve its utility even after alternative means of estimating GFR have superseded both of these biomarkers. Thank you for listening to Pub Reading. See you in the next article. Thank you.